calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Look, all I'm saying is there ain't no flaying going on. Flaying is skinning something or flogging something. But as someone who's been on the receiving end of an illithid hickey, as well as my fair share of knives and whips, it's really more of a discreet puncturing. And you wouldn't call a mosquito a blood flare. Well, that does sound pretty badass. No kidding. Well, it's impressive you survived. Yeah, I got a thick skull. No real side effects. I mean, sometimes I mix up my colors and numbers. But otherwise, I'm sharp as a flaying knife. Uh, guys, we're live. No kidding? I thought we had at least blue or green minutes left. Oh, welcome back fans from all over the five kingdoms. This is the League of Ultimate Questing, where real heroes face real challenges for your entertainment and enjoyment. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. With me in the booth is the unflayable Stormclad Thundertongue. Damn right. When we last left Hero Rank Team, the Mortal Dawn, they were at the foot of a volcanic mountain, about to climb towards a mysterious sun-washed temple in ruins. What kind of mysteries and dangers face the MDs as they press on? These kids are going through a little scenario I like to call the Jigsaw. The Jigsaw? Huh, what's that about? Well, it starts with a quest. You have a pretty specific idea in your head about what's going on. But once you start working on it, you find a few pieces hidden under the table or tucked in the couch cushions, the picture changes. Which would be fine, but you're finding fistfuls of these pieces and what started as a kick-ass picture of a rainbow dolphin jumping over a glacier ends up a map to the king's secret drug stash. So the further they get towards the finish line, the more secrets will be revealed. Interesting. And definitely something that tracks with previous quests we've seen many teams take part in. Tale as old as time. If I had a dither for every jigsaw I had to wade through, I'd have enough money to retire at the tender age of teal. Maybe even puce. Well, you heard it here, folks. It sounds like the Mortal Dawn had better prepare for the unexpected. And we may even have more intrigue to explore together. Let's get back to the Helderons to follow them on the next leg of their expedition. Mortal Dawn is still in the hellscape of Camaris. You're standing on the peaks of the Helderons, the volcanic mountain range to the north of Andesign. And there, in the distance, you see a church illuminated by pure sunlight and the echoing sound of four celestial voices drifting down the horrible hellscape of the mountain. You've just battled a towering pyrohydra, which your Camarian warhorse managed to kick to death. <laughs> The wagon has the paint peeled and singed from the aura of the Pyrohydra's fire essence. You are all very damaged, and Harithax is on their knees, feasting on the remains of the tail. And on the other end, the horse is bent over, 
feasting on the other end of the tail. It's like the worst take on Lady and the Tramp. This is the the dumbest Ouroboros. Just going to have meat in the middle. (laughs) Literally, there's meat in the middle. Yeah. Will you meet me in the... So um, I'm eating the corpse. I'm going to use one of my warlock abilities from my custom thing that you can find on Patreon. Uh, I regain 22 HP and gain resistance to fire damage for the next hour. A great ability. And while Haruthax is making a spectacle, uh, Arvid (laughs) will surreptitiously take a healing potion. Just a regular? Mm. Um, In this case, it is the 1d8 plus 3 regular. And who made that healing potion? Why? Arvid turns to the screen. Wow, it sure is uh, always great to have these Domain Farms potions, everybody. Um, hopefully everyone's distracted. He's he's trying not to like look like he's, you know, fiending. <laughs> <laughs> fiending? I, I love the idea of saying it's like super fast. Like, oh, man, it's really good to have one of these uh, <laughs> domain, f- domain Farms healing potions. Yeah! <laughs> it's great. It's good stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, roll me that sweet, sweet healing footage. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> That's, t- uh, wow, not 12, but it's 7 plus 3. Ten. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Law, is this thing's liver left in the tail, or is it somewhere else in the body? Its body got magma up. Shockingly, most animals don't keep their liver in the tail. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, snakes have, I think their liver pretty much runs the length of their body. Fair. True. So, and this yeah. is snake-like. Yeah, not in this tail, though. All right, pity. So I won't use her as Bex, too. Unfortunate. The temperature is extremely high. You are literally adjacent to several running rivers of magma, and this very misplaced, beautiful music is not stopping. Christer, are you making this banger? Or? I wish. What is that? I think it's coming from over there. It sounds familiar. To what? Uh, you're not the I musical I just start type. walking away. Okay. Wait, 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 wait for me! Are you walking towards the yeah, building? Yeah. All right. Uh, the horse, no longer attached to the wagon, attempts to limp along with the group. Its leg is completely burned, uh, very injured, but it doesn't seem to bother it. And it seems quite happy having defeated a powerful foe. Its mood is generally obviously increased. As they start following me, I'm going faster. I'm, it's okay. the kind of thing where like, you realize your love is at a distance <clears throat> and you just start hustling. I tell me you're pulling a crest on us. As you get closer, the music reminds you of some of the singing that you heard a long time ago. But as you start to hear the lyrics and look at the building, you feel a little out of place. Something seems off. It's not something you're familiar with. The vocal energy reminds you of the church's chanting when you came to the surface world. But this is hymns to something you don't know. He's, he's kind of up towards the temple and just mm-hmm. kind of like pacing and looking at it, rubbing his fingers through his hair and looks very nervous and very uncomfortable. This is a, a foreign celestial energy to you. Yeah. Uh, why? What is going on with your face? You're doing this weird thing with your brow? I don't know. This is, this is not right. What, you, what do you mean it's not right? This is beautiful. I think this might be a, a church of brain, but I don't know. And a, a figure does step out onto the front steps of this ruined church. And you see a very, very old elf. Um, it's hard to tell when an elf is old at a glance. This one is obviously old. He's wearing very heavy plate mail armor that seems to just encase him. It moves with slow, lurching, metal grinding. He's decayed in a way with his age. His hair is incredibly long. His ears come to an impossibly high point to each side of his head. And he's adorned in a tabard with the symbols of Sigmus all over it, who is the god of humans. 
No. This is, uh, no. And he looks out at the four of you on the precipice of this church, and you see nothing but calm serenity in his eyes. Chris will ask in Elvish, because he actually knows Elvish, Hello, uh, where are we? And um, I hope you don't mind, but what is this a church of? Welcome. Uh, You're just in time for a ceremony. And please, let us speak in Signian. This is a temple to Sigmus. Harathax will walk up with their hand consuming a piece of Hydra. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to use my ability to regain a spell slot through it. Okay, good to know. Uh, He gestures to the church itself and says, This is the temple of the eldest. This is one of the Signian churches that existed before the reign of white flame destroyed Camaris. You see, it was Sigmus himself who destroyed this kingdom. He took it away from his children when they fought over it and tried to kill each other. We are enacting a ritual inside because we have gained a great treasure, a a task that Sigmus has given to me. What task do you speak of? We wish to rid this once pure land of the plight of the undead that rest in the valley below. Okay, guys. Uh, Will you excuse us? Let's just... Uh, one, one, one moment. We mean you no harm. Uh, yes, I understand. We just need a one quick moment. Thank you. We look like undead right now. Mm-hmm. And he still says that? Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So uh, what do we do? This is weird. They're going to destroy the remains, I bet. Arvid swoops up behind Artyom and leans down a bit and asks him, um, why do you look like that? What's wrong? You okay? Fuck off. I walk away from the church. Okay. Temple to the eldest. Bah. I look at my hand. What? Eldest my ass. I, I, hmm, I'm afraid my knowledge of all things religion is not as keen as I I think it should be. Why, bah, why, why did he walk away? Your friend seems to be experiencing perhaps a conflict of faith or senses danger here, which is very safe and understandable. This is a strange place. I noticed some markings of Bren upon their holy symbol. And Bren has long been an ally of Sigmus. If they wish to enter, we would welcome them. Or if you wish to speak here on the precipice, that is fine too. I'm sure you have questions. I have one. You said you wish us no harm. I kind of look around at the group and I say, why do you say that if you wish to destroy the undead? Ah, this is an illusion fabricated by necromancy. I see right through it. I can tell who you truly are, or at least what creatures you are. Hmm. My name is Father Van Weald, and I am one of the high priests of Sigmus, and I'm here to answer any questions if you wish. The ritual will take quite some time. We're blessing the area, returning Sigmus's light, he says, gesturing to the sun, to this temple. You see, Sigmus created the Everstorm. Only he can part the skies. Only he can return daylight to this land. So are you saying that Cygnus cursed Andaril? Cygnus did not curse Andaril. Cygnus wished to wipe this land clean and start anew. But the person who led Andaril used the last of their magic to blaspheme against Cygnus and hold it in a bubble of time, resisting his god magic, and continues to do so to this day. I beg your pardon, but from the way it sounds, he... He did it to save his people. Why is that blasphemous to any god? Because he denied the truth and faith in his father's choices. Um, 
sorry once again. Um, the truth is destruction, then. The land was to be taken from Chimus, who was one of Sigmus's children, the eldest, he says, gesturing to the temple. He became a fairly violent warlord in his late life, and he tried to claim the other kingdoms as his own, as they fought for the resources of Chimaris. It was violence against other humans. To no end, they were all becoming greedy. They had to be taught a lesson. <laughs> it just sounds like everyone's wrong in this situation. This is one of the crises of faith that many find when approaching the Signian faith. One of the questions I receive most often is, how could I, an elder elf, pledge my fealty to the god of humans, of all things? But this is a choice I have made. I have studied them for longer than I can even dream. I feel like in past lives I was fascinated with humans. Hmm. They experience so much. They are so pure. At one point, I witnessed a group of human children when I was just a lad, playing with a barrel. One of them declared that it was a beast, and it became a beast, and they fought it. Another declared it was his castle, and it became a castle, and they were knights. What they see is what's real to them. Their imaginations are unbound. And I, having studied the teachings of Sigmus my life, appreciate that this is the life force that is meant to destroy the undead and maintain the balance of Mackinac. Hmm. They're like a pillar that holds this land up. I love my people and the elves. We are beacons of art and music and history, but we must exist within a building, and I believe humans are the ones that keep it erect. Bah, hmm. your faith is misplaced. Harifax turns and leaves, following after Artyom. I'm not sure if I find it kind to be talked to as an animal or a slave. I can agree with these sentiments. The fifth teaching of Sigmus says that we will not suffer the undead or their sinister plans. What we have inside is one of the original leaders of the city from long ago, and I believe it is my mission here, in this horrible land, to return it to the flame of the mountain, to cast it to ash and nothingness, and that is one step closer to creating turmoil in their city and letting them destroy themselves. How can you believe that this is the right thing to do to destroy lives, undead or live? Their lives ended a long time ago. This is an illusion. This is a lingering. It's like when you take a fish out of the water that's been prolonged for all eternity. Either return it to the water or let it die. Not suffer for all time. Oh, oh, this is this is a lot to take in. I don't... Mm. And you can see over his shoulder this ritual that's happening inside the temple. And you see four much younger humans and each one is wearing a tabard of their own. One of them has the crest of Leone on the chest, and they're holding a banner with a flag of the Leone symbol. Mm. The next one has a symbol of Dornheim, uh, has the banner with the twin axes of Whitefall. Another one has the Alcarin symbol on their chest. Um, she's a young female. And the other one has a symbol of Danmir and the three hands of magic united. And each one holding these banners are chanting in this beautiful music that seems to echo off of the stones of the temple. And they're surrounding a large stone box on wheels wrapped in chains with symbols that look very much like the iconography of Andariel. And behind them, there is a statue of a figure wearing robes holding a two-handed hammer that reaches to the ground. And it seems to be cracked, but still erect. Arvid was rebuffed by Artyom and at that point went back to uh, the horse to tend to the horse and his burnt flesh. All right. So Artyom has moved away from the church with Haru kind of following. What's uh, the scene there? He is walking up to the nearest cliff and just staring off at it, this blasted hellscape mm -hmm. and just staring at it. 
off in the distance, you just see this like green bubble of energy that kind of stands out on the horizon. Darkness seems to cling to it. Behind you, bubbling lava plumes up and bursts over your head. You feel the heat of it. Harithax will move up behind and stand for a moment to give Artyom a chance to respond if they choose to. Look at this place. This is what their god gives them. The horrible blasted hellhole. Can we see Dragonflame Alley from here, or Abbey from here? Uh, Dragonflame Keep is always visible on the distance. Okay. Not all of it. He's a petty idiot god. Favoritism towards a worthless race who subjugates everybody around them. I hate this. This is what I was feeling. He's, uh admiration for humans to turn what they believe into reality for them is woefully misguided. This is what I was feeling, not brain. The hate that I felt there? That was not brain. That was not my God. It was him. Well. He used my faith against me. He used the sunlight against me. He used my hope against me. And I come here to find this this humanist bullshit. I understand that, damn. Where is my God? Where is anything? What is the point of this? I know you are disappointed with this pathetic display, but we are wealthy from our time adventuring. I am wealthy by means of my own strength. Yes, it's true. And not an insignificant portion of your strength is shared with you from your God, is it not? How do I know this? How do I know this? Maybe, what? Have I seen this god give power? How do I know that this is not simply a, a, some side effect of, of blind faith? Maybe any faith matters. It's possible. But look at your arms, Artyom. You think that comes from any god? What's the story of Bren? What does he do? He pushes the sun across the sky. Where did those burns come from? Avoid some place that read my subconscious. Gave me something that matched the already established mentality that I have. It's possible. I believe in the evidence of my own eyes. And I see no reason why these undead should be made to suffer or be made to die. I agree. And it seems we will not be able to finish our quest without upsetting the plans of Sigmas on this mountain. I have no problem with this, but it may make waves. It is betrayal. It is betrayal to have your faith used against you for some purposes that are not your own. This is what I tried to convince Sankam. This is what I try to convince anybody who is doubting their own faith. This cleric has much to learn about what things in the world are eldest. Fucking humans, though? Humans. It's pretty sad, all things considered. <sighs> you talk about fetishes a lot. Maybe he was raised by humans as a young child. <laughs> this is good. This is good. No, that. This, <laughs> this makes sense. <sighs> so, Captain, what are we going to do? Listen to what he has to say. I'm sorry. I should not have acted like this. This is childish. Well, I need to apologize to Arvid. I think it's a good idea. Thank you. Of course. We're friends, aren't we? Da. Da, we are. So Arvid has managed to bind the leg of the warhorse and dealt with some of the burn fairly well. And they're just stoic. They wouldn't act like they were injured if they weren't being studied by it. 
besides binding the leg, could they perhaps have any bonding as well? <laughs> um, <laughs> they, uh, they, they fought together. Mm-hmm. He, he, he let him do his purpose. I think it would make sense for, um, you know, Arvid to make this attempt to gain, you know, clues. Yeah. Give me an animal handling check to see how well you're being received by this okay. injured horse. So um, what this is going to look like is while he's tending him, he's just checking all over and he's going to end uh, at the horse's face and kind of do, he's aiming for an, an affectionate, like soft headbutt, grab the tusk sort of thing. Mm. Um, eh, war buddies, maybe, who knows? Nine and five. Fourteen? Mm-hmm. All right. You can tell that even the fact that you're getting to bind its leg without it bucking or fighting too hard is a sign that it knows you're helping it. There's some sort of connection there. And you go to like, give it just like a gentle little headbutt and it just slams into you with the side of its head and it kind of hurts, but you think there was perhaps a hint of affection behind it. Okay. <laughs> kind of laugh. Funny and it like knocked the fucking air out of your lungs. <laughs> oh, well, I won't try that again anytime soon. <laughs> As you see Harithax and Artyom returning towards the precipice of the temple. That would look really sinister. Like, like yeah. RTM walking up in his red, like doctor coat and everything. I mean, the hat probably lends some sinisterness out of it mm-hmm. again, but yeah, and then this like black shadowy dragonborn. Like, I don't know. It's a wide brim yeah. like hat. It's pretty fucking terrible. Like creepy mm-hmm. behind you, like your dark advisor. Like, <laughs> And you see Chris having a conversation with Father Van Weald on the steps. So everyone's converging. Arvid will go up with the horse, I guess. And uh, we're all meeting up with Chris again. I walk up to you. It's Arvid. I'm just staring at you for a second. Um, um, hi, Captain. I very gently put my hand on the side of your face and say, I will never talk to you like that again unless you've done something to deserve it. Uh, Arvid fights back a welling tear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was cruelty and cowardice. I should have listened. Oh, I just don't understand. I don't think you would. But that's not the problem. Okay. Okay. Your friends seem very close. This is good. Why do you say that? I see them go off to aid each other when perhaps one of them is feeling in a strong way. This one tends to the horse quite lovingly. They reunite with a soft touch. Mm. Warms my heart. I just want you to know that if, if you don't intend me or my friends harm, then you are welcome to explore and ask any questions you wish. We have no interest in fighting. Sorry I left you talking to this. <laughs> um, it's fine, but... um, I missed stuff. What happened? Uh, will you give us just a few more moments, please? I need to confer with my comrades. We have all the time in the world. Can we go this way, please? Well, what's the gist? Uh, the gist is, I see the bones. They're doing a ritual. Everyone on this, everyone in this quest is wrong. Well, no, what are they trying to do? They want to destroy the remains. There's a shock. So let me guess. George the Sigmis wants to destroy the undead. The entirety of the city, yes. Whoa. Well, at least they're playing in character. I just, I, I, I don't know what to do. I do. Cygnus is wrong. Uh, Malfons is wrong. Why is Malfons wrong? The excretion's wrong. wrong. Why is Malfons wrong? 
I don't think uh, keeping the status quo it's what does works. anybody favors. It's what works for them. This is normal. Except it doesn't work for... It only works for a handful of them. It doesn't work for the entirety of them. Does slavery work for Alcara? It's what they must do for now. Change comes in increments, not in absolute destruction. If we go there, burn their entire place to the ground to give them to give our god whatever it wants, or if we if we go there and and completely sway the balance of power, things just readjust back to the same things. But what is our role, my friends? Yes, my we... colleagues. <laughs> Sorry, my friend. <laughs> uh, we came here to do a job. We knew the idea of what the job was, and. If we are to act right, we must do what we said we would do. Do not change. Uh, do not turn cloak. I, I, I'm I, sorry. As far as I'm concerned, we have one job, and that is to do the thing we were assigned to do. Look, if we, could, we could destroy the bonds. We could try to give them to these other people to upset the entire balance. But the fact is, we have a job. If we, if we, if we do this, we're not helping anybody. At least with this, they have another chance to deal with it, and we won't be involved. Do you think that this is going to destroy their, their resistance? No. Do you think that if, if they killed all of these undead, do you think that's going to upset the balance of all of the powers in the entirety of the Five Kingdoms? Because it will. Suddenly not having access to potential trade or resources, suddenly having having people who are trying to become citizens. of the it's, it's, it's not something we can just simply make a decision about. I am merely struggling because throughout all of our questing, throughout everything we've done, no matter what, we've done what was right. And I just, I can't see it. What is right when there is no right answer? is to bring it to the neutral and let things begin again. We give them a chance to fix things. And we have the ear of the people we are helping. We can try to convince them to do something about it. If we go back to Malfons, we give him his thing. We say, look, we want audience with a king person to talk about some kind of redistribution of wealth. This is far more potent than what? Wiping them out completely or giving them to people who might uh, misuse the power that they get? Hmm. If we don't want status quo, maybe we use our words instead of... Horrifying action. Well, did I say that? <laughs> You're really growing, Artyom. <sighs> There's every chance that taking these remains away from them may lead the horrifying action. We should be prepared for an incident with the Church of Sigmas. We must uh, avoid this at all costs. So, what do we do? What's, what's our plan? Like I said, use words. May I make a suggestion? <laughs> what? How? <Yeah. laughs> My range of hearing is far longer than I could have traveled. I apologize. If you wish to have the chest, simply take it. We will not stop you. I did not know that we would meet strangers here on the peak of the Helderons. I did not know that when Sigmus opened the sky to give me a message, that it would be daytime and that the light would pour down. This could be an omen. We've made our plans. We brought it to this place. At any given time, that temple could crumble into the lava destroy the statue of Chimus, the bones of the advisor, and my four servants. But there it stands, resolute, waiting for you to go inside and take your actions. We do not wish to fight the living. We wanted to deny the undead one of their tools, had we the power, and let them fight their own battle and destroy themselves. But the contents of that chest are more dangerous than you know. Uh, um, how so? That is one of the most powerful figures in all of Kamarian history. If they return to power under the magic of the Sleeping King, that is a weapon the undead will have to use against the living, as is their nature. The moment that green veil falls, they will return to the natural order of hunting the living. 
God, more complications. They do not hunt the living as they are. It's true. They are held in time. They are remaining aware of who they once were. But it is that magic that keeps them trapped in this illusion. There is no cure. What does there need to be? I'm sure your people would prefer if there was a cure to being an elf as well. Perhaps. Some... I will not cure a status of living simply because it does not suit me. No matter how sick I am by it. I am not judging them on the status of what they once were. It's just what they've become in the timeline. We have to take this. And we certainly don't want to fight you. You are obviously a man of God. And more importantly, you seem to have a good head on your shoulders by evidence by your unwillingness to fight. I wish not to kill for. That is true. And I would in the name of Sigmus. We can think about our actions as we head off. Maybe. There are living creatures beneath that barrier that would die if you were to lower it. True, but they die every day, and their ability to flee may save them. Hmm. Not killed by you, though. Not every day. True. If you were to drop the barrier, return them to their natural state, I doubt the scoured would last long. I don't believe that returning these bones will drop the barrier, but it will give them a weapon to amass power until that day comes, when the energy that holds them in time is turned into a magic of war to reclaim the land that they believe their god stole from them. For you see, the sleeping king in the silent citadel is Chimus, Cygnus's firstborn son. MDs have parlayed with Signian priests hidden away in a forgotten temple, and after some strange portents and self-reflection, it seems they're looking to get out of things without a fight. I got no qualms with the faithful, and I can't say I like dealing with them on a quest. Oh, why is that, Storm? Just makes me a little uneasy is all, despite supposedly living by a strict moral code. They tend to be pretty unpredictable. There's no telling what they'll view as a sign from the gods or some other nonsense. Murderer on the loose recreating scenes from Chernovakia and entrails on an alley wall. Just some sicko with an opera fetish. But a man of the cloth goes snip-snap for Cap Crunch and paints out Narya in gray matter because his astral big bro said so. At least a handful of people are going to put him on a pedestal for cleansing the wicked while exposing the subtext of the libretto. It just puts a knot in my stomach. Ah, an insightful look into the concept of morality, Storm. It would have certainly caused quite an uproar if we broadcast a violent battle between the League team and a group of beloved holy folk. Personally, I couldn't care less if you're kneeling to the god of turnips, poison, or porcelain. But you mess with the quest, and you'll be meeting them shortly. I mean... Not the toilet, obviously. Though I have been booted in the nuggets hard enough to chuck my lunch. Oh, that's a fair take. Makes me wonder how the League would be shaped today if we didn't have powerful divine casters available to bring fallen heroes back from death. While it does come at a fairly steep financial penalty for teams, I imagine it would make team careers end a lot more frequently if death had more finality. Not to mention fewer entry-level teams would even sign up. Well, sure. Bringing back heroes from the beyond is noble and all, but that doesn't make it fun. Speaking from experience, I can assure you that getting a jump start to the mortal coil is as traumatic experience as any you'll get on the battlefield. It can mean years of therapy, a lifetime of messed up dreams. It's a good option to have, but it's best not to glorify or trivialize resurrection. I can't even imagine, Storm. That's probably for the best, Kip. And speaking of the best, the LUQ is made possible by ads from the following sponsors. After this break, we'll check back in with the MDs and see them on the way to their finish line. Stay tuned. Get Father Richardson. The girl's been taken by a demon. I am here, brother. How is she? I am so nice. The demon has taken control. 
There's nothing left of her. We shall see. Demon, now you face the divine judgment of Temeton. Be gone, servant of the abyss. Your pitiful god has no power here. No power? Then show me your strength. Drop down, demon, and give me 30 push-ups. I... What? 30 push-ups. Then 30 squats. No. No. Then we move to deadlifts and leg extensions. No! Don't just exercise your demons. Exercise your demons. Bring out the inner beast and banish them back to hell. Holiness is next to swoliness at the Iron Church of Temeton. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hello, all you cuties. Zach again with that mid-roll goodness. Thank you all so much for listening in this trying time. Your support means literally everything to us, as our Patreon subscribers are basically our only source of income. (laughs) Thanks again so much to our legendary teams, the Tavern Brawlers, 
The Cultured Cutthroats, and this week's featured team, The Moonlight Veil, with Christian Wiseman, Jen Finch, Erie Lunarose, Maisie, and we also have a brand spanking new legend. That's Tracy Rivington. Thank you so much, Tracy. You are the best with friends like these who needs health insurance. We do. We need health insurance. If you're not on our Discord yet, what's stopping you? You can find a link on theluq.com, and if you're given to our Patreon, you get access to the Heroes Lounge, which is chock full of deleted scenes and highlights. Come on down. On to some rough news. Right now, we are just about out of backlogged recorded content. And with Stay at Home still in full effect here in Oregon, we don't really have any way to record new episodes in the usual way we do that. And with Sam currently out of the country, we're still not 100% on what we're going to do. There may be a gap in episodes, the first we've ever had, or we might try to record some one-offs remotely. Whatever we do, we'll do everything we can to bring you a quality product worthy of your support. We'll let you know in the next week what our plan is, but until then, let's get you back to the action. Thank you for visiting the Museum of Mackinac History. Open to the public until 15th bell. Is this your first? You've selected virtual lessons. Please insert one dither to contend. Thank you for showing interest in the compiled magical... You've selected History of Sigmas. Stand by. In 2210 PSR, some of the earliest settlements of humans in the mainland of Mackinac struggled to claim land of their own, often being cut down by many of the violent clans of orcs and goblinoids dominant along the coastlines. One young human chosen to lead his people during these challenging times made it his job to seek out other clans of humans and inspire them to join with his own, rather than settle in one place. His name was Sigmas. The origins of his birth are unknown. He and his clan traveled all along the mainland, growing and uniting human settlements along the way, as well as many communities of halflings, gnomes, dwarves, and other races. He also gained the allegiance of a very old and brilliant Ifridi who served him as an advisor for the remainder of his life. In ten years' time, his clans and settlements would dominate the majority of southern, eastern, and western Mackinac. They called him king, and he was the first king of mankind. In 2225 ASR, a unified force composed of giants, gnolls, lizard folk, and orcs and goblinoids would attempt to lay siege to all of the mainland and wipe out the races of man and their allies. It was through the leadership and military might of Sigmas that they pushed them back and solidified their claim of what would one day become the Five Kingdoms. It is documented that during this war, Sigmas was slain on the battlefield. When the servants of Garlemal came to usher him to the afterlife, he overpowered them and through sheer will and defiance of his fate, returned to life. It was at this time he would earn the title of Sigmus the Undying. He would continue living to the unprecedented age of 245 years. In 2240 ASR, the colonies in the north finally declared their alliance with King Sigmus after a political revolution assassinated their previous leader. In another 50 years' time, the entirety of the now-named land of Mackinac united under his leadership. In 2436, King Sigmus the Undying declared it was his time to move on, having given humanity all they needed to make the land into a place of unity and prosperity. He divided the land of Mackinac into five kingdoms and named each one for his five children, whom he left to rule it. The eldest Chimus was given Chimaris, Leon was given Leone, Danmus in Danmere, and his daughter Alkira was given rule of Alcara. And to this day, their leader remains a queen. Any time a male is attempted to seize control of the kingdom historically, it has ended with devastating ill fates. It was at this time that Sigmus was given the title of Father of the Five. It was also during this time he commissioned a new language to be written to unite all of Mackinac in one tongue, which was designed by his faithful Ifridi companion, based on the poetic and logical language of the realm of fire, Ignin. This new language is referred to this day as Signian, a term commonly associated with humans who came after the rule of Sigmus. It is written that he began to hear the songs of the gods each night as he rested. The old gods spoke to him and ushered him into the afterlife in these dreams. 
When he finally relinquished his life to the forces of death, it is said that the old gods granted him a seat among them for his bold and kind deeds in life. It was at this time he earned the title of Sigmus the Ascended, and remains one of the most followed faiths in all of the Five Kingdoms. His tenets are unity, self-improvement, justice, and courage. To continue this lesson, please insert one dither into... As the divine music fades in the distance, we see the mortal dawn making their way down the peak of Helderons, in their wagon, having a heavy chained box loaded into the back of the lachey. There seems to be an air of confusion as the lava pours down around you. Well, uh, that was weird. (laughs) (sighs) Incident avoided, though. We didn't have to kill a bunch of uh, Sigmite priests on live television. The incident hasn't been avoided. This could... People are going to die. Either way. Not really. How so? If we give it to Malfons, things continue as they were. No one new dies. There's no new losses. But the rebels would... (sighs) They would keep rebelling, as they always will. Wait. (sighs) Okay, this might be crazy. Hear me out, please. What if we just split the remains? Give half to the rebels, half to Malfons, and then they have to... Talk to each other. Come to some consensus. Rattle, rattle, rattle. This thing is chained. Don't you think it's chained for a reason? Sure, but, you know, any lock can be unlocked. Duh, but maybe not every lock is holding in a giant horrible monster or some kind of evil spirit or whatever else could be in here. Yes, but I assume... Oh, well, I don't know. But you have a point. I mean, this is this is a world of undead, da? Yes. We're dealing with people that make their decisions after they've died. Yes. <gasps> yeah. Sorry, I think I'm catching on. Go on, go on. So theoretically, mm-hmm. if we're giving the dead rights to make their own decisions, mm-hmm. maybe it's time we ask the remains. I look at heart attacks. I could do that. Yeah? Provided it still has a mouth and it's not undead that can answer some questions for me. Uh, okay, that sounds good. But can we, uh, can we get out of this place with all the hydras and the lava and the death? And instead go to the place with the giant undead constructs and horrible monster people. I think this is better. (laughs) I don't know. The heat's really not been so bad lately. I'm not sure about the rest of you. (laughs) You're right. But if we we can't take this in through the gates of Andariel quite yet. Not until we make a decision. So, what do we do? How do we prepare? Get closer? Find a cave or something? Malfonce offered us quite a reward if we complete this quest. Mm-hmm. I have very, very intention of completing the quest, assuming the subject wants to be completed. One time, my uh, uncle asked me to deliver a box to my aunt, and I was curious on the way, and I opened it, and there was a frog in it, and it jumped out of the box, and I never caught it. There is every possibility that the frog could jump out of this box. <laughs> I love that that's like a romantic gesture in your culture, too. It's like, here's a frog. <laughs> Frog. <laughs> Gotta get him fresh. Rarest of delicacies. <laughs> Shall we? I guess we must. We'll look for a nice, quiet place in Camaris. <laughs> well, you can make it to the base of the Helderons. There is a gap of land between the volcanic mountains and Andariel. It's still, you know, a wasteland, but it's not up a peak with lava and it's not at the gates of the city. Cool. How do we want to open these chains? Oh, I might have an idea. I saw the ritual they were doing. I heard the music. Artyom, uh, I think we can figure this out. What makes you do this? 
Well, their ritual was pretty simplistic. I think if we just change a couple verses, maybe. What's your plan? Um, do you want to try to recreate the the ritual that you were hearing? Yes, but that was harmonious. Mm-hmm. I want to do like a discordant, unearthly chorus mm. and work out the ritual with RTM and Harothax. See if we can. Ah, I think I see where you're going with this. So why don't you? As the wagon stops and you unload this metal box wrapped in chains and circle your friends around it, uh, roll me a performance check. Uh, to do, can I give myself inspiration? Because I kind of had this, aha! You totally can. It's in the rules. All right. That should be a 20 to, altogether. All right. So you basically go to each member of the Mortal Dawn, give them a note, and tell them to hold it as long as they can. And this is each like a half key off of what you heard in the temple. And then you use this foundation, this triad of notes to start weaving this strange discordant counter divinity. Hmm. You start to undo the bindings of these chains that were made by the Signian priests to seal whatever was in this box. And they just start to rot away. The actual chains themselves as though flesh wither and decay like they were being hit with this necrotic force. And they just sort of fade into ash and rotted vines. Whew, I didn't actually think that would work. Okay, are we ready? Shall we? Okay. Arthax, do you want to do the honors? Yeah, the two of you grab it and... As you push the lid back, dust pours out. A couple of moths flap away. <coughs> Essence of dead guy. <coughs> Archim, look. Moil. <laughs> Moil. Moil? No. Moil? No. Moil. <laughs> and as your your two fun friends are doing a quick goof, uh, Harithak's jaw drops to the ground as what they see inside of the chest is not the remains of a body. It is a skull. The skull of a dragon. <gasps> oh, fuck. What? What? Uh, Harithak's uh, drops to their knees, I think. Just instantly, just knees and kind of shakily reaches their hand out and touches the skull perfectly polished this is no construct this is not some mechanical facsimile of of one of the gods this is this is the skull of a dragon i i take my top jaw off and i hold it up next to the because <laughs> i'm still got my my seeming spell on mm-hmm. the, the this changes nothing what what do you mean this changes everything? It's an actual dragon. This changes nothing. What? Uh, we talk to it. We find mm-hmm. out its intention. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, I don't even know how to say I, dragon, whether it is dragon <laughs> or whether it is man. We have a job to do. We are just here to find out what it thinks. From the dragon skull's horn structure, mm-hmm. can I tell what color it was when it was alive? Roll me a nature check. All right. Do I get advantage because I'm sure dragonborn? Totally. Twenty-two. Mm-hmm. Silver. Okay. Were the chromatic ones the nice ones? No. Metallic oh. are good ones. Metallic are the good ones. It was a silver dragon. What the hell does that mean? Y- yes. What a silver dragon? You remember the story Jacques Phillips told us, the gold dragon coming down. The Yes. You asked, uh, was this in the nature of dragons? Mm-hmm. Chromatic dragons with scales like mine, the true dragons, tend to be more selfish. Metallics, gold, silver, I say, gesturing to the thing. 
They are good creatures, benevolent protectors of life. A friend of the Sleeping King. Yes. Um, cool. What's his name? <laughs> we don't know yet. I can ask. Chris just has this wave of relief. <laughs> just so scared and worried that he was doing the wrong thing at every step. He's just, he's more centered. For the record, I, Michael, currently have goosebumps of the idea of Harothax getting to communicate with a dragon. <laughs> so here is what we must know. Mm-hmm. First, this is the closest friend of the Sleeping King. Da? Yes. Very important. These creatures, I trust, good creatures, do not make friends with the evil Nightmare Kings, da? I hope so. Hope not. They have agency similar to any of the rest of us, but they would have to have a reason, I would think. Da. If anything, this affirms to me that our original intention, which was to give this back to the Sleeping King, is a good choice. Hmm. But I think it is still important you communicate. Harthax will cast Speak with Dead. Now, normally, when you do this ritual, you can tell you have a certain number of questions. Mm -hmm. It takes every essence and amount of focus that you have Mm -hmm. to break through the time between this skull's presence before you and the time of its life. This thing has been dead for so incredibly long. You actually have to channel your magic through the timeline of history that has been aging it over the years, but you do break through. You find a familiar energy, something that fuels your primal nature. And you can tell that you can get three questions out of this skull. Okay. And as the spell takes effect, a small amount of like electricity starts to crackle through the case and steam starts to pour out of the nostrils. What do we want to ask it? (sighs) Can it be yes or no, or does it, can it answer completely? Yes or no is easier, but it can answer in phrases. The more complicated the question, the less useful the answer is likely to be. It knows only what it knew in life. Does it want to be returned to the king? It's an important question. Does it want to be returned to Kaimis? That is the only one I know that I need answers. We were never told this creature's name, right? No. Nope. Okay. Can you think of anything else? I think we should know its name. That's just polite. I have many questions I would ask it, but my options are limited. Perhaps if it returns to life like the Baron, then I could ask more. But As far as I'm concerned, the only question we need answered is that. If it is okay with you, I think you should have choice what the other two are going to be. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So my first question would be, um, if RTM says that I can pick them, Harthax's first question is, Ancient One, what is your name? Tendrasek, Silver Hand of the First King. Tendrasek, you are beyond the pale of death, but could be revived. Would you be returned to Kaimus if you had the opportunity. Since I was an egg, I have been bound to the life of Kaimus. I serve their will till the end of time. They are my friend. They are my master. In his last act, 
Chimus defied Sigmus and shrouded Andariel in necrotic energy. He is now known as the Sleeping King. Does this affect your decision to be returned to him? Chimus still lives, and I serve for all time. Okay. And with that, the small storm of energy that was building in the chest dissipates. And it seems almost as if a slight tarnish appears on the outside of the skull. Just Hmm. a hint of coloration. We do not return this to Malfons. Where do we go with this? We return this to the king himself. Mm. I will not pass this to the hands of a lackey. You know, for the first time on this quest, I agree. It would take the spirit walker itself to separate me from these remains. Duh. But in order for this to work, we have to be prepared to destroy it if they refuse. Are you okay with this? No. But if that is what you must do, my decision does not speak for the team. Good. Obviously, we'll try to avoid this and use our words, da? Know that this holy relic will not be destroyed by my hand, but I will not stop one of you if it comes to that. We see the mortal dawn returning, the case now once again closed in the back of the Lachey wagon to the gates of Andariel. The barrier is there, green and humming, but there seems to be no interference if you guys try to enter the town. No one bothers you, stops you, and asks you questions. In fact, it seems some of the Shrouded even give you a wide berth. (sighs) Onward. Our seeming spell's still active, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. You make your way north, back to the brass tenement, and on your way, it would seem, towards the silent citadel. As you are traveling along the streets, you see a figure come out from near their estate, which you have to pass in order to get to the silent citadel. You see Baron Malfonce leave his estate to meet you in the street as you pass. His manservant, Mr. Treves, is in tow. He says, Mortal Dawn, so fine to see you all again. It seems as though you have come bearing the fruits of your labor. We have. Where is the king? We'd like to take this to him. Well, that's the intent, is to bring it directly to the sleeping citadel. Excellent. Can you show us the way? I can, and I am happy to do so. I will warn you that even myself cannot enter the silent citadel, but we may watch it enter. Mm, no. We want to uh, experience the the joy of this powerful entity as we give it its oldest friend back. Mm -hmm. Well, there will be no presence of the Silent King. Why is this? He is named such because he is trapped in a stasis. We feel his energy and his will in our every movement, but he is as though made of stone. All the same, we would like to see him. Well, the view from the door is quite clear of the inside of the Citadel, and I will be there by your side. Of the king himself? Perhaps a glance, yes. Why can we not enter the citadel? It is filled with a very chaotic magic. The will that he uses to hold this place in time, I fear, may destroy the living if they were to try to enter. I'd like to use insight on that. Go right ahead. 19? Sounds honest. Very well. Show us the way. Let's shall. And he kind of claps his hands, and a group of the shrouded appear and lift the case out of the back of the wagon. As soon as they approach it, we said, nah, we will take it. Well, they're just going to do the heavy lifting. No, 
this is a heavy burden that I think we should all bear. Mm. Oh, I'm sensing a strange energy from your returning of this gift to me. You have to understand that in our pursuits in this job, we have been exposed to some interesting ideas, new thoughts, and maybe some that do not paint you and your people in the best of light. We have been nothing but completely transparent with your people. Of course. <laughs> I mm. see. I see what you did there. You're a very funny man. I'm an honest man. That's how I made my fortune. You say funny is often a defense mechanism. Something people use to shroud their intentions. And you understand, I do not think ill of you, but you also must understand that we know nothing about you. And we also know that your people are starving despite vast resources. So sometimes it's natural for us to not, uh, <laughs> not trust. When we get to the Citadel, perhaps I can answer some of the questions you have about the dynamic shifts that are happening here in Andariel, assuming they will not leave this place with you. And until then, we shall carry the case. Fair enough, but we will have an escort, an entourage. And the group makes their way through the brass precinct and approaches a colossal gothic castle with a massive stone drawbridge that is lowered at all times. And instead of a moat around it, there is just a bottomless void. There are huge pillars carved like humans standing and holding the building erect with barbs coming out of their bodies of old rotted iron and the gates just stand open and inside seems like an endless void of darkness that just pours inward. As we approach, Chris closes his eyes a bit and just is trying to really feel out the situation. He's been guided by his emotions in so many different ways on this quest that he's just trying to center on something. And a kind of sickness takes all of your stomachs in its fist. Something about the dark energy coming from inside of this place seems to slow your heart rate, seems to weaken your organs. Even Baron Malfonce has this kind of ectoplasmic perspiration that seems to be seeping from his forehead that he dabs with a large cloth napkin. Bless my soul, it's certainly difficult to be in the proximity of such powerful things, is it not? Ah, glory to our silent king. <laughs> May my men take it through the threshold. Not until you explain to us why these things are happening to your people. There's less anima to divvy up than there used to be, because I fear our king may be weakening in power. It requires more tribute to keep his magical barrier active. It is through his essence and will that it is maintained. We must take a percentage of the anima we harvest and give it to the king to fuel this spell that keeps us alive. And the longer time passes, the more is required to meet this kind of magical hunger. Why do you think this? In his life, he was a mortal man, blaspheming against the gods and harnessing every essence of arcana that he could is taking its toll. The fact that it's lasted this long is a miracle that we praise every day. You misunderstand. Why do you believe this? Not why do you believe this is happening, but why do you believe that this is happening? Well, I see it with my own eyes. I was here when Andariel was destroyed. I saw the white fire come down, and I saw Kaimas stand atop the citadel and hold his hands to the sky and summon a wall of green fire to protect his people. When do you pay? How do you pay? You're telling me that you just take it on faith that whatever resources you're putting in, there's more. Is there a ritual done? We simply send it into the citadel and watch it drift into the walls and where Kaimas once was. But you get no glimpse of the king. You get a very clear glimpse when the anima is put into the temple. You see the silent guardians. You see the silver throne. It's breathtaking. So you don't know that what is inside of that is in fact your king? 
We don't know that the sun is going to be warm until we stand under. This is a religion that we feel in our hearts and see it hovering over us. It is a risk against all of our lives we cannot take. Does the void that this occupies, does it resonate at all with my armor of shadows, my Hadar spells? Is is there anything? Yeah, there's a kind of shadow energy to it. Um, it seems that it's not just like a bottomless pit. It's probably a pit of negativity. Okay. I fear it will take our king some time to reanimate his old friend, being more than just your average mortal. Uh, Artyom, uh, Chris grabs Artyom because it feels so urgent. Artyom, this could be the thing that starts the war. Think about how much anima they would need to regenerate an ancient dragon. It's a good dragon. But at what cost? It's the anima they're going to burn anyway. May I speak again? I do not wish to interrupt your dialogue. Of course. Our intent in returning the right hand of the king, and once it is reanimated to join us in our endless cycle, is to have more of a conduit for this magic. In life, Chimus drew much of his sorceress magic from the dragon blood that he had, and that is his bond with his ally. We feel if his, if his allies heal with him, he will have more strength and therefore need less anima, and we may feed the masses more. We've been through a dip in rationing and recession to hoard an amassed amount to create a great goal, and then we will have much more to give our people. We do not relish in starving our soldiers or making our citizens suffer each day. We're looking for a way to increase the supply, you see? And having his original conduit of magic back at his side should achieve such a thing. Then I have a question for you. Please. If the Silent King revives Tendrasek, it will come back as you are, no? An undead creature. One that feeds upon Anima to sustain itself. He seems taken aback by the fact that you know the name. He says, All we have here is a skull. I imagine it will be returned either as an imminent or a shrouded, perhaps. And yes, it will need to feed as well. But this creature is as of a god. It will create power when it is manifested. You are correct. But I have an alternative for you. I'm willing to listen, but understand that this is the will of our king. What if we returned it to life, not undeath? There is magic that can revive a creature from its remains. We have these here. Oh, not to insult you, young Harithax. Our people have been studying the balance between life and death for centuries now. This is not something that the hands of men can return to the living. A god, perhaps. Our closest bet is the Silent King himself. My people and I, we are not men. This creature is a god to us. If it came back to you, alive, would it not be enough anima to sustain your king? Of its own volition. Indefinitely, perhaps. We would not feed off of royalty returned to us, and it would not be able to exist for long in the city as a living creature. This is a place of the dead. It would throw off the balance of things. We wish to return it to Chimus in the state he is in, as is the state of this dragon. It is what we have been told to do. It is our task, and I will do anything I can to see it happen for my city. I think it's a mistake. But I cannot stop you. There's no good answers here. I think if it was resurrected, 
this creature would return to Kaimas. It's bound to him. I think if it was alive, it could feed that anima from its own body. I think it would still serve your king. And this creature, as you said, it's like a god. I doubt this magic would drain it the way that it does creatures of our type. Promises, maybe, I think, I suspect, hearsay, no information. There's nothing they can base it on. They do know that if they return it, this thing will be able to keep them alive. And they cannot bank everything on the promise. All I know is that if we, it passes this threshold, it will begin to return to us in the form it is now. And if we wait longer, there is a big maybe several years from now that we cannot wait for. Mortal Dawn, I thank you for your time, and you may witness this with me, for it is a beautiful sight to behold. But hold your breath tight, for life is drawn into this place like a vacuum. And the shrouded lift the casket, carry it out of the wagon, and enter the citadel. As they seem to fade into the darkness, you hear a thud as it's placed in the center of the entrance hall, and there's a flash of green light, two beads of it coming from eyes. And for just a split second, you see the silhouette of a towering human figure in a twisted silver throne with a twisted silver crown and a beard that hangs down 15 feet from the throne onto the ground. Green humming eyes showing the silhouette of an almost skeletal form. Silver teeth clenched tight, rings on every finger, and gleaming white armor. And as the two green eyes flash for a moment, you see a series of tall, towering, armored soldiers with their beards dragging down onto the ground, flanking every corner of this hallway. And then the light goes out, and an energy starts to form very slowly. And for the first time in a hundred years, the gates of the silent citadel shut. And he says, Mortal Dawn, you have done as I ask, and I am beholden unto you as to the terms of our agreement. But I must warn you that ever since there was a kerfuffle in the cemetery, it seems that people are on high alert, and your illusions will not last much longer. I think it is best for all of us if I return you to your hometown of Leone. While teleportation magic is quite dangerous in Camaris, our people are trained in the ways of the plane shift. We can send you there through the ethereal plane, and I will remain in touch to give you your rewards at my earliest convenience, which will be soon. I must deal with the repercussions of this and begin letting the people know that tomorrow is a much brighter day for Andario. And there in the shadow of the silent citadel, a group of shrouded surround you, and at the behest of uh, Baron Malfonce, they enact a kind of magic that pulls your bodies and souls into the ethereal realm, and there seems to be a long period of silence, almost like a stasis that could be a year, could be a minute, and you slowly coalesce in the cemetery just outside of Lucinelli. You hear the oceans crashing against the sand, and you smell the sea air, and it seems as though you are no longer in the hellscape of Camaris. You are once again safe. And in returning to your home base of the Lounge of Ultimate Questing, you see a figure leaning against the door with one hand pressed against the window, and the other one gripping a letter in his hand, shaking his head. And as you approach, he turns, and you see Arvid's cousin Goro, wearing an all-new set of tribal armor. Goro, I, I didn't think I'd see you again. I didn't think I'd see you again this soon either. You sent me back to get a letter to your family. That's right. I did it. I found some really fast caravans. I even went on a boat for the first time, and I made it back in no time. And, uh, Arvid, they sent me a letter to give to you. With great haste. It's it's from Act the Ancient. 
Ovid, I'm so sorry. Young Ovid, the sons of the Red Moon have suffered a great loss. The storm beyond the mountain is restless and has awoken those that sleep under the stone. The mountain clan was hit first. Spirit Mother Othman has been killed. The ceremony of passing requires her heirs be present. Soon we go to war with the shadows in the peaks. Ake the Ancient with the symbol of the Sons of the Red Moon. It's hard to be sure, but it seems like we lost a few bits of that last transmission from the Mortal Dawn. I feel like there were some strange gaps. I wonder if the original is functioning properly. It could be. Or, and this is just me spitballing here, maybe it's because they're in a weird magical Armageddon land with cities frozen in time. That could also be the cause. Let me just get real here with you for a second, Kip. I love this show, but you can't be on the road as long as I have without blowing the dust off a few horrible, forgotten secrets of the like. Does that really happen a lot? The higher you climb, the more of it you see. Trust me, Kip. Sometimes the things a group of heroes uncovers are best lost in transmission. It's none of our business. Are you referring to some first-hand experience? Don't poke the bear, Killigan. Ooh, <laughs> well, consider the bear unpoked. Either way, it looks like the MDs have fulfilled the parameters of their quest and have been sent back home via some kind of strange undead plane shift, which seems to have circumnavigated the teleportation distortion surrounding the undead capital. Anyone else a little freaked out that those expired creeps have a magic trick that'll let them just poof in and out of the outer kingdoms? Just me? Okay. Well, like you say, Storm, maybe some things are just better off not being known. Hey, get me there. What's next in store for our heroes, having returned from what I believe is their longest quest to date? And what kind of rewards will the Mortal Dawn request in trade for their services to the House of Malfons? Oh, I'd ask for a few casks of their ancient wines and whiskeys. No, no, wait. I'd ask for a vampiric spear that sucks the life out of your enemies. No, 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 no. Uh, one of those uh, weird Bill Spirit Voidwalker guys, but like small and cute. One I could like uh, take care of and, and feed. I wonder what they eat. <sighs> Probably souls. Whatever it is, I hope it's enough to prepare them for whatever quest comes next. They've earned a rest, but as we all know, they never last for long. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll be back soon with another bag of holding full of drama, comedy, action, and strategy, right here on the League of Ultimate Questing. Ooh, spooky, spooky. Oh, shit. Gee golly. <coughs> oh. Sometimes things get too real. Shit. The fucking moon, the, the, the moon folks. What are you going to do, oh. Arvid Sam? Uh, Arvid never got to wake up with his mom. He just <gasps> sent her a letter oh. and she's gone. Those are real bummers. Oh. Uh, that's the kind of thing that'll cause like lifelong regret in people. Good thing it's a character and not like... <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing none of us form overly strong emotional attachments to these characters. Yeah, yeah I certainly didn't us. have real life goosebumps today thinking about what it would mean for my character to talk to an ancient dragon. Not at all. No, that didn't happen at all. <laughs> and I definitely didn't feel the actual palpable sense of rage at feeling like my, uh, my b- beliefs had been betrayed for some odious purpose. Right. I was good. I, <laughs> yeah, you're fine. I was good. I think it was it was interesting that you guys wanted to try to like enter the silent citadel, but I knew it was it could not happen. That's mm. just like being like, I'm going to decide to just go in the White House. Mm. I can do it. Whatever. Like they just they're not going to let you. It yeah, didn't quite work. I was curious if I used like Shadow of Moil or my Armor of Shadows or something, if I'd be able to go in because there'd be like some sort of the the void protecting me from the void mm-hmm. situation. <laughs> I mean, part of me just wanted to send Chris in there with the skull. 
you like know? being in like a magical area touch pop maybe <laughs> maybe yeah, i mean maybe. at least it's another sorcerer so you could be like i can learn things i can yeah. learn to control this bullshit <laughs> well a lot of big truth bombs about the history of machinar in this yeah, episode say that that or the astronomicon would just erase your existence entirely and speaking of Chris exploding, I think it's Alante's turn to lead us out. Oh, okay. Um, hi, guys. Thank you for joining us on this amazing episode. And I would like to start with Sam and go around the table. I'm Sam. I play Arvid, a half-orphan. Oh, half-orphan? Oh God. Is that a turn? <laughs> a lovely oh. half-orphan. <laughs> oh, my Sorry. God. Uh, yeah, he's a, a level eight half-orphan. Orphan Drew Barb, um, a half orf, half orf, <laughs> half orphan, Furball. half orf, yeah. for bog. Oh. Hi, friends. My sorry. name is Sam, and I play <laughs> so, Sorry, Sam. <laughs> Hi, my name is Michael Loving, and I play Harithax, the character with one fewer parent than Arvid still has. Mm. <laughs> Are you trying to freaking up? Uh, one up me on parent loss. <laughs> no, I mean, it's been established since my backstory. Yeah. Just be both glad all you my have is an estranged father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Both yeah, my parents did. died like hey. thirty years ago. Well, well, I played Chris Sagrand, and I had no parents, so yeah, he's got it. real daddy issues. I got, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. I, yeah, I'm I'm Alante. I played Chris Sagrand, uh, uh, a sorcerer bard. Excellent. And I am Zach. I play Artem Volkov, who's never talked too much about his parents, but suffice to say, slavery doesn't make for fun stories. You, uh, you have an uncle. He's doing finger guns right now. Just yeah. so you know. <laughs> Is Loshad your mom's brother or dad's brother? I'm not going to answer that here. All right. Ooh. So, uh, I am also the technical director for Slapdash Studios. I'd also like to thank Tori Christensen for editing for us. Victorious! Victorious. My name is Law. I'm the dungeon master of the League of Ultimate Feels. <laughs> and, uh, creative director of Slapdash Studios. Well, that's everybody. Thank you for joining us on this amazing episode, this entire journey. Law is so right about the feels. And if you feel something too, I highly suggest that you share this with everyone you can. It helps us keep going and making amazing things. And if you want to support us a bit more, check out the Patreon. You, you know, just for a dollar, you can join our Heroes Lounge in our Discord, or you can just join the Discord. We love hearing from you. We want to know your favorite moments, everything you like and don't like. It helps us be better versions of ourselves. Hmm. And then you can also check out the website. It has all of our links to all of all of our social media, in which you can find cool stuff like the things that are posted every Friday, the little bonus content thing. Called memes. <laughs> the memes. You can see the memes, but you can also see the memes on the Discord. We we love that. Mm -hmm. um, that's uh, where you can find some of our episodes. Links to all the places that you can find the podcast. We would love if you could rate us. Just get the word out there. Do whatever you can. I believe also we have a live show coming up. Is that right, Zach? We do. You probably heard about the dates and times and everything in the mid-roll, but just a good opportunity to remind you. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have any interesting, cool things coming up? No, no one here is interesting. All, oh, all okay. our cons got canceled. <laughs> yeah, everything got canceled. Oh, okay. Well, well, that's okay. More time to work on us as people. <laughs> yeah. um, am I missing anything? Uh, if this is the episode... We just recorded, which it is. Uh, that means the next episode will be the League of Ultimate Questions. 
Uh, yes. And it should also be noted that uh, Sam will be leaving us temporarily to go to the UK, which means that there is a possibility that they will not be in the next chapter, but that is yet to be decided. It'll all depend on when they come back and if we can get things organized well. But if not, then we can look forward to a one-off episode with them and then a normal continuation of things with just us and a perfect opportunity to maybe bring in a guest person. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that plays. And uh, where would this one-off episode be located again? It would be on Patreon, probably as a $3 reward. Hey awesome. Don't don't yes. replace me. We're not going to replace, gonna replace okay, you. you. I love you. I They'd have to be you. really good at ad reads for us to replace. <laughs> um, that's the only thin ice. <laughs> I would actually say that they would have to be pretty bad at reading ad reads because we need that energy. Yeah. We, need that, we need that awkward, halting uh, ad read energy. We need that Sam brings the bad. energy. <laughs> Nope, you're way too good at this. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Completely natural? Not a single um? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Get out of here with that shit. <laughs> and just once again, uh, from all of us to you, we love you. And we hope that you'll keep listening and sharing and keep growing and questing with us. With that, we wish you luck.